us off, so just keep being faithful on our own. Um, I noticed this Wednesday service, our attendance is not what it should be. So we really got to get those numbers up. So we want to encourage people to just come and enjoy. You know, I don't feel a burden to come to a Wednesday service. I don't know about you, but I like to come to a Wednesday service. And the thing about it is faithfulness to a ministry is like life to a ministry. It's almost like blood flowing to that ministry. And so we got to make sure that um, it's not just us who are faithful. We're all here, but we got to get those other people, right? They may say, I'm working and I'm tired. Well, I work and I'm tired, but I'm still here. And so we got to encourage people to be faithful to the ministries, even if it gives them a little bit of cost. I might be tired. I might have to do this. I might have to do that. Well, everybody has similar circumstances to you. People who are not faithful, they tend to think that their excuses are in everybody else's life just goes smooth. And so sometimes you got to hit them with that, right? Hey, you know, you're not the only one who got a job. You're not the only one who got a kids or got a cook or things like that. So we have to remind them to be faithful and challenge them. So if you know who they are and they're they not here, they're pretty obvious who they are. Let's push this service up. All right, so we're going to continue our meditation, John 8. And I'll read. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would also, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasurer's treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself, since he says, where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me, to, sent me is true. And I declare to the world that what I, have, what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. 
as he was saying these things, many believed in him. We'll stop there. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. What does it mean when Jesus says, I am the light? What is light? Okay, illumination. What does light represent? Truth. Light represents truth. What's right? Light represents what is right. John says, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And what we get from light is that ability or that desiring holiness. God is holy. The angels spoke of God, and they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. So Jesus says, I am light, and that should immediately call them to say to themselves, who is this guy? He is not saying he's light like the moon is light. Because in many ways, we're like moons. What does a moon do? The moon reflects light. It does not generate light. But what does the sun do? The sun produces light light. So when Jesus says, I am light, that right there is a declaration of divinity. He is saying, I am not merely a prophet, I am the source. And that's a bold statement. So the Pharisees, they're all focused on this caddy back and forth with Jesus. But I think we should be more focused on what Jesus is saying, and even though the debate is interesting, don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes we can lose in this argument that we're trying to have or this understanding we're trying to have. We have our own agendas, and we go in and we start talking to the Lord, and all of a sudden we're thinking about our end, our goals. And Jesus has already got his own goal. And Jesus started off saying, I am light. And he said, well, you know what? Who cares what you say? You don't have nothing to back you up. That's what their first argument is. Jesus is saying, I do got somebody to back me up. The Father. I am light, and I have a witness, the Father. The reason that you can't tell that I'm light is because you judge everything according to the flesh. Now, what does it mean to judge things according to the flesh? Only what you can see. Go ahead. Yeah, man judges a couple of, based off of a few things. Men judge things based off of how things look, right? They look at popularity. They look at charisma. They look at money. They look at popularity. Men look at things that they can tell from the outside. But God is not limited to the estimations of what man can look at. Because man can never predict anything with 100% certainty. Even all the things that we know, we truly don't really know, know them. Think of it this way. A scientific fact is something that could change tomorrow. 
oh, I know they say that they got the fact and they got truths and they got their laws and they got this and that. But in reality, every day, a scientist is trying to advance scientific knowledge by knocking down everything that we thought we knew. And how do they get their scientific knowledge? They make measurements, right? And they measure and they say, oh, you know, gravity fell this much. Okay, five inches. Somebody else says 5.1 inches. Somebody else says 4.9. And we average it out and we get five inches. But at the end of the day, all we're doing is taking measurements and using our eyes and using our instruments. But we don't necessarily get to the end goal. We have a theory. But when God says something, he establishes truth right there. And that's a big difference. It's not a truth that you have to search out through human effort. It is what we call revelation, right? Revelation is God simply has a truth right here, and he takes the curtains off, and he says, hey, there it is, truth. You got to accept it, or you don't. Jesus says, I'm going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Oh, Jesus is being very bold. And why is he saying they will die in their sin? He says in verse 24, For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And they say, well, who are you? Well, he had already said at the beginning, if they were listening, I am the light. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They didn't understand because they didn't understand the Father. They were too busy, focused on the flesh. And according to the flesh, Jesus was poor. According to the flesh, Jesus was an illegitimate child born to a carpenter and a woman living in the city of Nazareth. That wasn't that well to do. According to them, Jesus didn't have formal education. According to them, Jesus was not qualified to be a rabbi. But Jesus is not what they can see. Jesus is the Son of God. All right. Any more comments or questions before we close down our meditation here? Okay, I know it's early, so I do want to turn to one more passage real quick. Go ahead. Yep. For some believe. Why did they believe? He was speaking the truth. But think about this. We're already in chapter 8 of John. How many things has he done? Right? How many things has he done? We have situations in chapter 5 where he feeds thousands of people, and that's undeniable. We got all kinds of situations that happen around Jesus where miracles are being done, and then he teaches the truth after that miracle. In other words, the evidence that God is working has already been shown. Chapter 8 should not be taken in isolation. It should be taken after all the works that he's already done. 
So when Jesus says, believe in me, he's not just a guy who just popped up on the corner and said, hey, believe in me. It's, hey, I fed the 5,000. And you know people that were fed. Yeah, if you don't believe me, believe the worst that's, that I do. But the Pharisees don't care about those works because they have their agenda. And it's the same that we were talking about on Sunday with the book of Daniel. Why do people not believe the book of Daniel? It's not because the book of Daniel is not proven to have one author. It's not because the book of Daniel is not known when it was written. It is because the book of Daniel proves that God foresees the future. And people have a hard time accepting that. And people don't want to accept that because if you do accept that, the ramifications is that God is true. And if God is true, now we got to obey him. And now, whoa, oh no. You mean I have to govern my sex life according to the Bible? Oh no. You mean I have to pay for the lies that I tell? Oh no. See, the ramifications are the problem. It's the same with the book of Isaiah. We talked about Isaiah and Daniel as the two most hated books in the whole Old Testament. They hate those books. They hate Isaiah because Isaiah says stuff about Jesus that is absolutely true. And so you sit there and you read the book of Isaiah and you can't lie to yourself if you're a scholar. Oh, you can't lie. You know that it was written before Jesus appeared. You know the book of Isaiah predicts certain kings and names certain kings by name before they was born. And you got to say to yourself, am I either going to believe this or I'm going to just say it's a fable with no proof, right? No science, no study. I'm just going to say it's fake. People always say we believe despite the facts. No, you refuse to believe despite the facts. Now, where is faith? Faith is the fact that because we believe God in two areas, we trust him for the third and fourth that he has not proven yet. That's faith. And so there is faith required, but it is not faith apart from facts. That is not the kind of faith that we should have. We trust in God because his word is so reliable and has always proven itself to be true. So when we see the things in the book of Daniel, we can say to ourselves, whoa, what God is this that can predict the comings of the empires? We look at Isaiah and we can say, what God is this that can predict the things that Jesus would do? And then when he does them, that should be enough for us. We should sit down and we should say, this God is real. And if he is real, What should I do? And that's the question we've got to ask ourselves. What then shall we do? Isn't that the question they ask and ask all the time after they get a good sermon? They say, brothers, what should we do? We crucified the Lord. Oh, no. We thought he was fake. You tell me he's true. And now I understand he's true. Brothers, what should we do? Peter gives the answer. He says, be saved from this twisted and corrupt generation. You did sin. Admit to that sin. Accept Jesus as your Lord. 
And what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? That means he must be obeyed. And like we talked about on Sunday, what does it mean to obey? It means even when I don't like what Jesus says, I do it. Because obedience is not related to whether I like the order. In fact, obedience only means anything when I don't like the order. So when Jesus says, I'm going to take three saints from this church, and they're going to die this year. And we say, no, Lord. But he says, no, nope, they're coming to me. We eventually say, yes, Lord. Yes, we accept that. We accept their deaths because it was your will. I wanted that job, Lord. Jesus says, no, that's not the job I gave you. Yes, Lord, you're right. I didn't want this to happen to my kid. I didn't want this to happen to this individual. I didn't want A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And Jesus says, who's God? It's you. Do you like what I'm doing? No, Jesus, I really don't. But are you going to obey me? Are you going to obey me? You don't necessarily got to like what I'm doing. Although eventually you do got to get your heart right and do like it. But for now, obey. And that's where Christianity gets hard. But that's where Christianity gets real. That's when it gets powerful. And that's when we truly prove that we trust the Lord. Not when everything is going rosy, but when Jesus says, go left, when I'm going to go right. Any other comments or questions before I turn it over to Brother Andy? Service, of course, will be a little short today, but that's okay. Good evening, everybody. All right. For prayer time today, um, if anybody has been paying any attention to the news today, local news, um, there's supposed to be some rioting tonight. Um, I don't get all don't get all um, uppity at me and say Andy don't don't agree with peaceful protest because I have no issue with peaceful protest. My issue is with rioting. You don't have businesses boarding up their windows and doors for peaceful protests. Okay. So what I want to have focus for prayer tonight is. Um, Jamar, if you would pray for just the writing in general, that um, the Lord hinders that, that if people do gather peacefully, that, that, that allows to happen, but that it doesn't turn south and turn into something destructive, something evil, where people can become injured, where property is damaged, anything of that nature. And then Chantel can you pray for just any Christians that are out there trying to be peaceful and trying to witness that they don't get caught up in any of that, that they don't get caught up in any of the destruction and any of the violence or anything like that? And then I'll close this up. Before we continue in prayer, we just lift up um, this evening. We just lift up the potential for the riots and the destruction that 
may be going on tonight, Lord. We echo the prayers that have come up already, Lord, that some people may not agree with it, and we don't ask them to, Lord, but we ask them to be able to voice their opinion peacefully and in a way that's edifying, Lord, not in a way that's destructive and hurts other people's lives and livelihoods and um, their finances, Lord, that endangers their health and their safety. And um, we ask that you just foil their plots, Lord, foil any attempt to um, do anything wrong or destructive, Lord, that we know that's not going to help the situation, Lord. It's going to create more problems. We ask that you just foil those, Lord, and um, continue to just strengthen the, the um, people that are trying to do it the right way, trying to do things the right way, Lord. Those are trying to um, witness during this time, Lord. Those are the, your people, Lord. We ask that those of your people that are out there, Lord, that call themselves Christian, that they're not trying to get involved in this, not trying to get involved in the looting and the destruction, Lord, that you just press upon their hearts, Lord, that this is not the way that your children act, Lord, that this is the way the world acts, Lord, but it's not someone who claims to be a child of God should conduct themselves, Lord. And we ask that you weigh that heavily upon them and that you even more hinder their chances to do this, Lord, in any, any way possible, Lord. And we ask that you just help this night to be one that's um, safe. A lot of people stay safe in their neighborhoods and in their homes. And ultimately that you just get the glory through whatever happens, Lord, that this is an opportunity to point to you and point to a need for you and um, how fallen man that this is sometimes the end result, Lord, and that through a relationship with you is one that we are redeemed, Lord, and one that we can have of hope and of life. In your name we pray. Amen.